WATD presents John Paul, the car doctor. All things automotive. Have questions? Call 781-837-4900. Now, here's John Paul, the car doctor. And good Sunday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD, the South Shore's radio station. And, uh, of course, I'm joined by... uh, Weather observer, podcaster, and uh, executive producer Jesse Wilkins. Uh, Jesse, uh, I've never heard you quite go on that way about the weather before. You know, well, you know, I get more, yeah. more and more experienced every week. I wonder how long do I have to do this before I'm a veteran weather weather observer? You've been doing it for how long? Like twenty years now. I have been observing the weather for quite some time. One <laughs> one might call me a weathered weather observer. Really? Mm, yeah. Wow. One of my listeners. I, let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, well, I thank you for everything you do at the station and keeping me, you know, connected at this end is always is always a good thing as well. That's good. Hey, I, don't, I don't know how useful the weather report is for you down there in Florida, but you know, up here, it's good to know how it is going up here, right? I I I like to, I like to know how it is. I like to feel regional when I'm doing stuff. You know, even though it's kind of a, a you know, it, it was a secret up until a minute ago that I'm in Florida, but you know. You know, now, that the, now that the secret's <laughs> out, you know. Hey, let's uh, let's get right to our guest. We have uh, John Vincent. He is a automotive expert with U.S. News and World Report, and they just came out with their uh, list of top family vehicles, which is always a great category because you know when you think about you know some of some of the best vehicles and some some of the. Uh, you know, looking at looking at what's going to suit you the best, and sometimes the best is kind of hard to determine. John, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor program. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. So, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about the picks and kind of how you did them and how you broke them up and and kind of went from there. Uh, uh, I think it, I think it's interesting that uh, you know there's a lot of you know car and trucks of the year and you know there's a lot of categories and I think your publication is certainly one of those publications that also is is you're sort of known for putting lists together right? We do a lot of that and they're all based on research and not just our personal opinions. So let's get into the best cars for the families um, and it is you know. Families look different. It could be you know, a couple and a dog. It could be somebody who needs an eight-passenger vehicle. So we look at different things that different families would like, cargo space, passenger space, safety tech. Um, it could be even down to does it have built-in window shades. And, you know, you, you mentioned uh, safety tech, but there's also, you know, the other tech in the car, the the kind of convenience and comfort technology. And how does that play into all of it? You know, how does, you know, Apple CarPlay and Android Auto and the ability to play video games in the car and all of that, how does, how does that work into the category? We do include um, a Wi-Fi hotspot um, uh, that all families can use. You know, you can keep the kids occupied and back because they can connect to the outside world with a Wi-Fi hotspot. We look at that kind of technology, um, home, um, onboard theater systems that have games installed. We look at that, all sorts of tech that's available to families today. So the old-fashioned times of counting like out-of-state license plates is gone, right? Kids got to, kids got to be connected wirelessly. No, no. Chrysler Pacifica has the license plate game built into the entertainment system, and you know, the speaking plate of, game lives on. Lives on. Good thing. And speaking of, speaking of uh, um, the Pacifica, you know, you, when you look at things like minivans, the choices are getting uh, kind of less and less. But um, the Honda Odyssey did really well, right? 
for the 13th year in a row, the Honda Odyssey is our uh, Best Minivan for Families Award winner. And and how did it best things like the Pacifica or the Sienna uh, or, um, uh, you know, other, other competitors in that class? What what made it stand out? Um, slightly more cargo space than most of them. And if you look at the list of what we consider family-friendly features, it uh, topped them all just barely. There are some great competitors in that segment. Um Kia Carnival is a fantastic one. Pacifica with the hybrid version is, you know, money saving with the with the uh, mileage from the hybrid. But the Odyssey uh, came out on top again. And does the Odyssey still for twenty twenty three have the built in vacuum? No, it does not. Um, the company that was making the vacuum for Honda went out of business, so it does not have the Honda vac anymore. And that was, I thought that was, I remember road testing that car when that first came out, and I was just happened to be at an event, and I was showing it to somebody, and the woman said, I'm going to buy this vehicle just for the vacuum. I actually own a Honda Odyssey with the vacuum built in, and uh, my wife and I take it to dog shows, and it's great to, you know, pick up that spill or, or the dog hair in the back. Um, you know, while we're sitting waiting, we can be cleaning the car. <laughs> Absolutely, and you know the other the other category obviously is you know SUVs. There, you know, there's so many vehicle manufacturers, and we'll get to sedans in a minute. But there's so many vehicle manufacturers that are just focused on SUVs, whether it's premium lines like Lincoln, um, and uh, another kind of uh, winner is the Kia Telluride, right? Kia Telluride, the Kia Telluride's won a lot of awards. Um, it does very well in this competition because um, the Telluride is packed with family-friendly features. Um, and in the long term, it's an affordable car to own because it has one of the best warranties in the business. And it has features in it that, as, depending on the trim level, um, it, it, it borders on near-luxury conveniences and features inside of it without being in that true luxury category, right? Absolutely. I mean, the base Telluride is a pretty stripped-down vehicle, but you get up in the higher trims, and yes, it can compete with uh, with many luxury vehicles out there. Yeah, I, it, I put it, it up against um, you know Lexus models in terms of what it has. Yeah, it really it really does do a good job, and I, and I think you know whether it's the Kia Telluride or it's uh, it's kind of stablemate the Hyundai. Um, I, and I always and I always kind of when I when I look at when I look at the Palisade versus the Telluride, I kind of wonder why 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 the Telluride over the Palisade? They're so close to each other. Um, the Telluride uh, barely beat it with uh, cargo space, slightly more cargo space, mm. but feature for feature, they're very very close. Yeah, yeah, I I do at least in the previous model I did I did prefer the the shifter arrangement in the Telluride versus the Hyundai, but that was probably just my my weirdness about vehicles. But um, but let's talk about let's talk about sedans. For the, you know, I I grew up in an era of station wagons and sedans, and uh, but there's still some really great sedans out there, right? There are some fantastic sedans out there, and our best midsize car for families was the 2023 Kia K5. Um, another car, fantastic warranty, great interior room, um, just does what a family needs a sedan to do for them. And is it is it that, you know, this kind of goes off topic a little bit, but 
you know, does the world really need minivans and, and, and SUVs when there's really good sedans out there that can probably satisfy most needs? It's People buy SUVs not because they need them, but because they think they need them. Um, and I agree that sedans and minivans, you know, satisfy the needs of most families. When you look at a, a Honda Odyssey, a Honda Odyssey has more cargo room than a Chevy Suburban. Good point. You know, and that's one of those. That's one of those things that you kind of you kind of look at and you say, uh, you know, how, I I guess if you if you uh, you know if you've ever been to Europe or the Caribbean and you're like, well, how do they get how do they get by with these little tiny cars? But they they manage to they manage to make it all happen. And it's like, do we really need these big vehicles? But I think you're right. People think they need them, which is one of the reasons they they do and and realistically they work out well i drive a i drive a hyundai santa fe um so a little bit smaller than the telluride it and uh for me it worked out perfectly because i need a little cargo space when i need to carry things around i need something something that uh typically when i was driving back and forth to work i needed something that could all-wheel drive that could handle poor weather and uh you know it was always it was always good to be able to do that so for me an suv seemed to seem to be the right fit but could have done it with a good all-wheel drive sedan or a front-wheel drive sedan with a good set of winter tires i probably could do that too exactly people understand uh, or i'm sorry people underestimate the uh the power of having a good set of winter tires yeah um we're going to talk more about your santa fe here in a second but let's finish up sedans best hybrid car for families the 2023 toyota camry hybrid and that's that's an interesting car because uh, I think we've seen kind of Camry Camry hybrids come and go a little bit over the years. This last one seems like it is really well thought out and works out really well and gets phenomenal gas mileage for a midsize uh, sedan. It takes a really solid sedan in the Camry and adds you know good fuel efficiency to it. Um, it, it works well. Which 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 is one of those things that when you kind of look at all of these, you look at um, you know how how it works out, and like you said, you, the way you kind of look at all of these, and and I used to always kind of joke with people that I don't really you know finish my opinion on a car till I till I go to the grocery store and the home improvement store, and make sure it's all going to fit all the things I needed to do while I have it. Um, but you you also look at a variety of different ways like you pointed out it's not just your opinion that it that picks the best vehicles right exactly we um the way that we do most of our reviews at uh, u.s news is we look at what the broader automotive industry is saying about cars and take wash the biases out because everybody has their own biases about certain cars so bringing all that data in we can kind of see what the overall market's saying about a car yeah, absolutely. And you're right. People do have their, you know, there there are people that and even though, you know, we like to think that, you know, reviewers and and people who talk about cars are kind of not biased to one make or another. There's always going to be people that love BMWs or Audis or Porsches or or, you know, Fords or Chevys for that matter. So, when you kind of wash it all out together, you I think you're getting a little bit fairer, you know, response of what they think of the vehicles. Exactly. So you want to jump into the SUVs now? Might as well. Why don't we start with the okay. big one? You you mentioned the Chevy Suburban, and I yep. have a dri- I haven't driven a Suburban for a while, but I recently drove um, the Cadillac Escalade, which I guess you could kind of put in that same size category. It's a big vehicle. 
it is a big vehicle, but I just uh, I just drove the um, the suburban sister vehicle, the Yukon XL, and uh, it actually drives smaller than it is. Um, you and I both know there are some vehicles out there that drive massive um, Jeep Wagoneer. It, you feel every inch of that car, but the suburban you don't feel it. Yeah, I noticed that as well. The last one I drove, and I even noticed it with the Escalade. It, it, and I think, I think in my review, I, I actually said what you just said. It's small. It drives smaller than its actual size. Even though when you go to put it in a parking space, you kind of go, "This is a big car." <laughs> it's a really big car, and that's what you need if you want to carry, you know, eight or nine people. And and it is and it is a vehicle that has very impressive towing ability. Uh, so it, you know, for the right person, whether it's you know whether whether you're right, whether it's you know you have a bunch of kids, or whether you're involved in you know a variety of other things, like you know it could be everything from you know you're the you're the local soccer coach to maybe you have horses or you go camping or you 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 know tow a small boat or a camping trailer with you. It has the ability to do all those things, right? Yes, and that's something that a lot of the midsize uh, SUVs just don't have. Uh, they don't have that strong towing capacity. They do okay, but not, they're not suburbans. Right. And and the other thing about, you know, when you look at a vehicle, like, you know, whether it's the Telluride or, um, or you know, a Honda Pilot or something, if you are looking for that vehicle that can have the three rows of seats but have a reasonably sized cargo area behind that third row, uh, really, it's really it's a suburban that's almost the only choice, right? Absolutely. You look at some vehicles, some of the mid-sized three-row SUVs, and it's like three rows or cargo space because you put that third seat up, and there's no cargo space left. So, so three rows in the trunk space of a Miata. Exactly. Or maybe not even that. Not even that. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, let's go. Let's go to uh, the. Let's go to the smaller SUV. Let's go to the. Um, uh, you know, Hyundai. Hyundai did pretty well in the two SUV categories, right? They did very well in the two SUV categories. Uh, best two row SUV for families is your Santa Fe. And in the compact category, it was the. It was the Tucson, I believe. It was the Tucson. Which um, great vehicle. You look at those vehicles too, and you look at their competitors, and it, and sort of the Santa Fe is sort of it's hard to figure out exactly where where it fits in because, you know, is it competitive with you know Hyundai kind of advertises it again as a Honda Pilot, which seems to fit more against the Kia Telluride, so it's a little hard to figure out what category the Santa Fe is in. It's sort of it sort of seems a tweener between the between categories in a little bit, which I think maybe is its advantage. It's uh, very similar to the um, Kia Sorento in that way. It it slots in between that. Is it a big compact or is it a small midsize? Right. Uh, yep. And do you think that's one of the reasons it 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 does well because it is just that little bit bigger? I think it does well because it's that little bit bigger and it's got that great warranty yeah. um, that shoppers are looking for. Yeah, and you know, it was there was a time where. Uh, Hyundai and and Kia as well. You know, they, they kind of sold their cars based on the warranty, but that's not really the case anymore. They they sell their cars based on the types of cars they are, the features, right? Right. They're no longer just thought of as you know econo boxes, the cheapest alternative out there. Um, it's the car you buy when you can't afford the Honda. 
Um, they are on par with Honda and Toyota quality-wise, feature-wise. Uh, they're building great vehicles now. Yeah, they re- they really are, and and they are also vehicles that are available as as hybrids and plug into hybrids as well, right? Absolutely. Um, there uh, is a Tucson hybrid out, um, just basically a hybridized version of the, of the Tucson. Um, great combination of features, gives you that mileage, um, gives you the size you need, that compact size. Um, another excellent vehicle. Yeah, and um, and I've become a fan of the plug-in hybrids only because, you know, depending on the manufacturer, the idea that you can go, you know, 25, 30, maybe up to even 40 miles on pure electric, and the idea that for a lot of people, who you know, the average commute today is still only about 30 miles, and a lot of people don't even do that anymore, um, they, can drive, they can drive all day with a plug-in hybrid and come home at night and plug it into 110 volts and wake up in the morning with a, a full electric battery plus a full tank of gas if they haven't been driving outside the electric car range. So it works out great for a lot of people. I uh, bought a plug-in hybrid at the end of December, and I still have three-quarters of a tank of gas in it. <laughs> um, add some gasoline stabilizer, I guess, just to make sure it doesn't uh, go bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually getting the warnings now that I need to burn off the gas. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, and uh, I think we've, I think have we covered pretty much all of the, all of the uh, top hits here from uh, U.S. News? Um, just a couple more. Uh, okay. Hybrid SUV for family. Toyota right. Highlander Hybrid. Uh, three-row SUV, good mileage. Um, when the current generation came out, I was a little concerned because they took the power down somewhat. But the electric motors in that car make up for the lack of, you know, horsepower on paper. The vehicle works really well. And then a first-time category for this award, the best electric vehicle for families, and that's the 2023 Kia EV6. Yeah, let's talk about that vehicle a little bit. That that has um, That's a vehicle that has it's been uh, to some people surprising how well it has been received um it is a comfortable car to drive it has it has really great great range and um it's 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 different than you know a lot of people said well you know what about the model 3 tesla or the model y um there are people and i may be one of them that kind of want to buy a car from a car company and not a tech company and i think and i think you know car companies still know how to make cars where tech companies still struggle a little bit making a car you know well everybody's making electric cars now or almost everybody's making electric cars now uh the company that kia should be really wor- i'm sorry the company that tesla should be really worried about is kia and it's a sister company hyundai hmm. um Kia K5, I'm sorry, KV, I'm sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied here this morning. It's early on the West Coast. It is, yeah, uh, I appreciate it. Ionic 5 from Hyundai, EV6 from um, Kia, Ionic 6, the new car coming out from Hyundai. Uh, Kia just introduced the EV9, um, which looks fantastic. Um, it's a big three-row SUV. It's essentially a, an electric Telluride. Hmm. They have a lot of stuff coming, and it all looks really good. Yeah, and their technology is a little bit unique because they're using a higher voltage battery, which I think gives them some advantages over over some of the other competition. I know we just bought at uh, the AAA that I work for, we just purchased two um, electric Hyundais for our driving school because we thought, why not? 
you know, we th- thought it would be a good way f- to let kids experience what electric vehicles are like, but also it lets us learn a little bit a- about how electric vehicles will act in kind of a little bit different kind of uh, environment where they usually where you usually find them. If people want to find out more information about the best vehicle ba- brands or best cars for the money or best cars for families, where can they go? Where can they go to find out this information? Just go to the car section at usnews.com and you'll have access to our full ranking system, plus our consumer advice, uh, things like how to buy a car, how to get a car loan, um, everything you need to know about uh, being educated before you step into that dealership. And I mean, it is you know, I, I guess it's sort of old words. You know, there was a there was a, uh, uh, a clothing retailer up here that said our. Uh, an informed consumer is our best customer. And that still is the case when you go out to buy a car. The more you know before you enter the showroom floor, the better off you are, right? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Hey, John, John, I want to thank you for uh, taking some time out of your Sunday morning and getting up maybe a little bit early out on the West Coast and joining us on the Car Doctor program all the way across on the East Coast. Thank you. It's an F1 morning, so I would have been up anyway. Oh, there you go. All right. Well, enjoy the racing, and uh, maybe we'll talk again soon. Great. Thank you. Appreciate right. the opportunity. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was John Vincent. He is from U.S. News and World Report. Um, you know, this is the time of year where you start to see, you know, start to see which vehicles, you know, make the top of lists. You know, at, at uh, the New England Motor Press Association, we just had our winter vehicle test day, and uh, we're compiling the, the, you know, who won that category coming up because in New England, we're known for a lot of things, but one of the things we're known for is, although maybe not this year, winter, but winter did, you know, depending where you live, you know, last weekend, there was a lot of winter around here in New England. Why don't we take a break, pay some bills. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the questions that came in this week, as well as maybe a little bit of information from consumers Consumer Reports that had a great article about just say no to some of these dealership experts, uh, ex- extras rather. If you want to give us a call, a question about your car, give us a call at 781-837-4900, 781-837-4900. I'm here to answer your car questions on this Sunday morning. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening on 95.9 WATD. Soundcheck Studios, a multi-level music venue in Pembroke, offers Boston-caliber music to the South Shore. Nominated for 2022's Best Music Venue of the Year by the Boston Music Awards. Tonight, catch Dogs in a Pile with special guest Haley Jane. Dogs in a Pile merges funk, jazz, and rock and roll with psychedelia. The quintet presents a completely original vibe, built on kaleidoscopic soundscapes eerily reminiscent of the days of yesteryear. Tickets sold in advance at soundcheck-studios.com and at the door. It's all happening at the South Shore's best address for live music, Soundcheck Studios in Pembroke. No one wants to be left out in the cold. With AAA, you won't be. Their experienced technicians will be there fast to help with your dead battery, unexpected breakdown, frozen locks, or any car issue that comes with winter weather. They're trained to fix most problems on the spot, often without the need for a tow. And you're covered in any car you're driving or riding in, 24-7. Join AAA today at aaa.com slash join. Quality. It's a word that most people don't use when they talk about painters, but our customers do. Hi, I'm Sheldon Stewart from Stewart Painting, and we take great pride in providing quality work. To us, quality means that our professional team shows up on time and gets the job done to your complete satisfaction. We do our work on time, clean up, respect your property, and leave you to enjoy your beautiful, newly painted home. 
We are committed to our customers, the community, and to quality. At Stuart Painting, quality is not a word we use lightly. It has been one of our guiding principles for over 35 years. So please, call Stuart Painting today at either our Hingham or Hyannis offices to schedule your free estimate. Or, to receive a virtual quote, visit StuartPaint.com. Select a virtual quote now, send it to our sales team, and receive a price within 24 hours. And remember, Stuart Painting. Expect the best. My Spaniel Sailor arrives each afternoon for his walk in the steep woods. And usually in the spring, we return with plenty of tales of spotted white-tailed deer and a stream-soaked coat of wet hair. Eden Pure Thunderstorm's air purifier that uses proven oxy technology to the rescue. I plug the compact unit into the wall and let Sailor relax in the freshening air. And the unit comes with a six-foot USB cord for when we travel. There are over 300,000 units already sold. There are no filters to buy over and over again. Right now, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for whole home protection. You get three units for under $200 for the kitchen, the basement, the fireplace room, the mud room, anywhere you need clean-smelling air. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and put in discount code JOHN, J-O-H-N, to save $200. That's EdenPureDeals.com, discount code JOHN. Shipping is free. You make it big in motorsports, but the real reward for most is the thrill of the adrenaline and the chance to hold the checkered flag. I'm Miles Heger. The excitement and danger of motor racing are the reasons drivers love to race and why fans show up. Join me and my guests each week as we discuss the local short tracks while also sharing opinions and insight on NASCAR's national series. Tune in to Miles on Motorsports Tuesday nights at 7 here on 95.9 WATD. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor, on 95.9 WATD. Now, back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the car doctor program on 95.9 WATD. And uh, you said we're on the Brockton station today, too? Yes. 1460 AM, as I recall. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Grew up with that station as a kid. But anyway, uh, let's talk to uh, let's talk to Jim. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Doc. Uh, I talked to you a couple of weeks ago about a Nissan Sentra that I had installed a remote starter, and then the transmission went on it. Mm. And you and I both agreed that it seemed like a coincidence. But it seems like the dealer is saying no. It, it's just, just the CVT transmission on the Sentra went as well as the fuel pump, they're telling me, and they want $6,700 to fix it. My question is, I have a good friend that does a lot of work on cars, and he's offered to help me put in a new transmission. Although, if it's the same transmission that, that's going to be defective, is it worth attempting to do that, a new or used one? Or should I just junk the car at this point? Now, now what year is it again? 2014. It's got 132,000 miles yeah. on it. Yeah, I mean, and it's going to, a used transmission is probably going to be $1,000 maybe. Oh, no, I've, they're pricing them around 2500 2500 for a used one. Oh, yes. okay. And you okay. have no idea how many miles or what, right. what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, most good salvage yards will give you 
give you an idea about how many miles were on the car before it came out of, you know, the car came out of. Uh, and they will offer some sort of warranty, but the labor's, you know, most of the work. So, um, you know, you have a car right now that has almost no value. You know, how much is a, you know, how much is a car, you know, I, I, you know, does it, how does it operate right now? Does it work at all? Um, it'll start a little bit, but then stalls. Yeah. Because of the fuel pump, I guess. Yeah. Huh. It, it was it was starting and and you couldn't get any power out of it. It, it would move. Right. But I guess the starting and stopping all this time has actually burnt out the fuel pump. Possibly. I'm. I have no idea why they said the fuel pump is gone now. But this is at a dealer up in Bangor. Hmm. Yeah. That. I mean. I guess I would want to, you know, put a fuel pressure gauge on there and see what the fuel pressure really is. If the fuel pressure is low, then, yeah, it's more than likely the fuel pump has gone bad. Um, But the idea that you have a fuel pump and a transmission issue kind of all at the same time, I'm still puzzled by this, I'll be honest. And I, I can't prove that it came from the the remote starter, right? The, yeah, and, and and I don't and the remote starter can do a lot of things, but you know, can it cause short circuits and systems and everything? It can, but it's not going to cause a fuel pump failure. It might cause a fuel pump to shut off if it's wired okay. in somehow wired into the remote starter system, but. Um, you know, sometimes sometimes when they go to inhibit the starting, they'll inhibit fuel, um, so the car will start and stop, kind of thing. Um, but I'm, I, I guess just to make sure, I'd, you know, take the remote starter system completely out of the car, disconnect it all. Well, the, the what, first place we yeah, took it, the yeah. first place we took it to, they they did disconnect yeah, it, so you can't even yeah. prove how it was wired originally. Oh, uh, okay. It's, it's not our fault. You know, we've disconnected it, but yeah. it's still. So yeah. I don't even know where to go yeah. from there. Yeah, I mean, when when it did run and not perform right, what what did it act like? Kind of describe, you get in the car, you start it up, you put it in gear, what would happen? It would, it would drive perfectly fine. And then the last time it happened, it just, you step on the gas and it would almost like choke. It wouldn't, it wouldn't move. It would okay. run for a few seconds, but then stall. Okay. Now that sounds like a fuel pump. That absolutely sounds like a fuel pump. So maybe what I would want to do, if with the help of your friend, is maybe maybe put a fuel pump in this, and um, you know, may and and you know, you can you you can go kind of aftermarket, and you know, maybe go for you know, the, find the cheapest one you can get just to just to try it out and see see what it's like. Um, you know that might that might be a, a decent way decent way to start out and see see what you're looking at here to find out again the right way to do this would be to uh, absolutely um, look at the fuel system and, and see what's and see what's going on but to put uh, to put a fuel pump in this um, you know isn't you know is it is it a a big job not not terrible i mean it's i'm 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 assuming it's under the back seat above the tank i've done one before like that yeah yeah and in fact i've done it i did it on my 93 center yeah yeah yeah. and and what's and what's kind of nice about this is um there is there is access i believe 
where it comes out i don't believe you have to remove the tank on this so i think there's a i think there's an access panel um to be able to get to this uh, as far as uh, let me uh, you said what year is it again let me look it up let me 20, 2014 2014 let's see here I mean, I asked the, 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 the dealer, I said, could it just be the fuel pump? He says, no, there's a, there was belts and this and that with the transmission that was yep. on. Yep. I said, well, maybe it's just the fuel pump and nothing yep. else. Yeah, yeah. No, this this actually, you don't you don't even have to take the tank out. You just take the uh, the trunk floor carpet out. So it makes it nice and easy to put a fuel pump in this. So okay. So that, that helps a whole lot there as far as, you know, how long, you know, it's... You know, they show it as about an hour and fifteen minutes or so to put a to put a fuel pump in this. Now that's a day. That's a day for me, probably. <laughs> well, um, but yeah, I guess. But on the other hand, you know, it's not eight hours. So you know, and uh, you know, the only thing I would do is you know, depending on how much fuel is in the car, that could be that could be the biggest you know the biggest issue. But. Um, but I, I would I would definitely want to look at that. And as far as, you know, trying to find a fuel pump, um, in this case, you know, I, I, I don't like, you know, necessarily buying cheap parts. But on the other hand, if you, you might find that, um, you know, you can you can buy a, a, a fuel pump for this. Um, let's see. You can. I mean, according to, you know, if you if you try to go as probably as almost as cheap as you can go with a fuel pump from like Rock Auto or something, you can buy a fuel pump for less less than it would cost to to get a fuel pressure gauge. You can buy a fuel pump for twenty four dollars. Oh, I'm, I'll, Rock Auto's my deal, or I'll, I'll try them. Yeah, I, I mean, mean right, right now I'm so disappointed with Nissan. I would never buy another Nissan mm-hmm. product. I mean, even even the new one that they want to put in, they're only warranted for twelve months or twelve thousand miles. Yeah, there's been yeah, class and, action lawsuits all yeah. over the place with the yeah. transmission. Yeah, and and the uh, and the fuel pump, for instance, the Nissan fuel pump is almost six hundred dollars, which is probably what well, they told you, right? Yeah. Well, so, they, they, it was a, it was nine hundred dollars to replace it. Yeah. Well, and that nice. that that would you know it you know. That that would work out about right. So it looks like it looks like you could, you know, easily try to kind of get your way around this, and maybe you could maybe you could do all right. I mean, even it even at um, the the Rock Auto fuel pump is a kit. It's kind of like a rebuilding kit to rebuild the one that's in there, which is which is fine. But I mean, you could you could go to uh, you know even even like Advanced Auto Parts, and I think Advanced Auto Parts has the fuel pump for that vehicle for. I don't know, a f- you know, a few hundred dollars kind of thing. So um, I, I, I would, you know, I would kind of look and, you know, see what you can find. Um, like I said, it, it shows, um, it, sh- it shows the part as both a, a kit where you can rebuild the old fuel pump for short money, or you can buy, you know, they even have the Nissan factory pump for four hundred dollars. So you could get you could actually get the original equipment pump as well. So you know you have you have some choices. You have some choices in there. So um you know you could you can maybe give give that a try and see what you could come up with. Um you know like I said is, is you know the they have this fuel pump kit that they claim you know will will work but if not if you have to go with the original one or even you know even a, a you know where it's pretty easy to get to maybe even a junkyard salvage one. Yeah, 
give it a shot. So. Give it a shot. Yeah, I would. Okay. I would try. I would try that before I spent nine hundred dollars to find out I need a, you know, a four thousand dollar transmission. Because it's, you, I guess you, it's it's a cheap fix to try it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe what I do so you get the full assembly is maybe try to maybe try to source a decent used pump somewhere and see see if you can get a used pump out of a salvage yard that's going to work okay and then see about putting that in and kind of go from there and see what see what you have left afterwards okay that's a good plan all right all right good thank luck thank you very much for all the, right for the uh, all right knowledge all right take care bye-bye bye well uh, you know we talked a little bit about the hyundai santa fe with the folks from uh, u.s news and world report and i was driving a hyundai santa fe and uh, the hyundai santa fe the one i was driving was a plug-in hybrid electric version and the hyundai santa fe kind of to me like i mentioned to john was it falls into kind of that tweener category bigger than a compact smaller than a midsize uh, it comes in several trim levels and engine choices the santa fe is standard with the front wheel drive and all-wheel drive is offered in all models there's several powertrain choices the standard engine is the 191 horsepower 2.5 liter four-cylinder that pairs with an eight-speed automatic transmission a 281 horsepower turbocharged 2.5 5-liter four-cylinder is teamed with an 8-speed dual-clutch transmission. So that's kind of the manumatic sort of, it has a actual clutch of sorts in there. Hybrid and plug-in versions are also offered. Our road test is in the very fancy calligraphy version uh, that just so happened to be a hybrid. So this borders on, really borders on, um, uh, you know, premium quality. Compared to my 2018 Santa Fe, this latest model is a bit sleeker, certainly more stylish. One of the standout features of the Hyundai Santa Fe plug-in hybrid is its electric powertrain. The vehicle is powered by a 1.6-liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine that's paired with an electric motor and a lithium-ion battery pack. The setup produces a combined output of 261 horsepower, so plenty of horsepower, 258 foot-pounds of torque, which is more than enough to provide a smooth and responsive driving experience. There are several reasons to buy the Santa Fe um, style, warranty, uh, price, but one of the most impressive aspects to me is fuel economy. When fully charged, the vehicle can travel about 31 miles on electric power alone, which is more than enough for most daily commutes. The vehicle also has combined EPA fuel economy of 33 miles per gallon, which is um, pretty impressive for a vehicle of its size and capability. Uh, lately, my driving is mostly city, so I would seldomly visit a gas station with this car. Um, you know, some of the other things, uh, we were uh, recently did a little bit of uh, sightseeing and went out to dinner. We had five adults in the vehicle, plenty of room. I don't have level two charging at my house, but the Santa Fe charged just fine on a 120-volt outlet. Uh, if I plug in the Santa Fe at night, it's fully charged in the morning, which is, which is kind of nice, so um, it worked out pretty well. Combined mileage is about 450 miles gas and electric. Inside the cabin, the um, Santa Fe spacious, comfortable, plenty of room for passengers. During my time with the Santa Fe, and excuse me, I've kind of got a coughing boat going on here. Uh, in the vehicle, although um, the back seat was a little tight, everyone enjoyed the ride. The vehicle comes with a host of uh, uh, features designed to make driving more uh convenient and easier. There was a large touchscreen display, premium audio system, knobs and buttons for major features. I, I like that. 
Um, it does have the feature of uh, the ability to drive itself out of a parking space. Again, kind of a novelty, uh, but kind of fun to show off at the same time. Overall, the, uh, the Hyundai Santa Fe is an excellent choice for anyone looking for a stylish and capable crossover SUV that offers impressive performance and efficiency with its electric powertrain, spacious interior, advanced features. This vehicle uh, may not have... Uh, the all-electric range of a Toyota RAV4 or maybe even a Ford Escape plug-in hybrid. But overall, it's quite impressive. The Santa Fe uh, plug-in hybrid is designed to provide drivers, in my opinion, with the best of both worlds. The eco-friendliness of an electric vehicle and the power and convenience of a traditionally gasoline-powered vehicle. Hey, Jesse, can we take another break while I clear my throat and we'll get to uh, Mike and Ralph when we come back? How's that? Sounds good. All right. Uh, you're listening to the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD. Uh, my name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor program, and our phone number, if you'd like to join us, 781-837-4900. We'll be right back. Massachusetts. In every home and every community. Be careful in your bike. Learning can happen anytime, anywhere. Hi, guys. We'll see you at practice this weekend. And no matter how learning takes place in your family's life, Desi is there as your partner. The Massachusetts Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. Never stop learning. Find out more at mass.gov slash back to school. Sponsored by the Massachusetts Department for Elementary and Secondary Education. The James Library and Center for the Arts in Norwell is pleased to invite you to a night of Afro-Cuban-styled Latin jazz with the Nina Ott Quintet. Pianist Nina Ott will be joined by Chris Lopes on bass, Manolo Morena on percussion, Bertram Lehman on drums, and Edmar Cologne on saxophone. Guests enjoy lively music rooted in jazz, influenced by Afro-Caribbean sounds with elements of funk and soul. The event starts at 7.30 p.m. on Saturday, March 25th. Tickets are $30 for general admission, $25 for seniors, and $15 for students, and can be purchased at jameslibrary.org. The Nina Ott Quintet, performing at the James Library and Center for the Arts, located at 24 West Street in Norwell. Keep your car in tip-top shape at Joseph's Garage. Have your oil changed, tires checked, get an inspection sticker, or just gas at Joseph's Garage, right down the street from the James in Norwell Center. Joseph's Garage now offers golf pay at their pumps. You might think you know Tracy Motors in Plymouth, but did you know that on average you'll spend less at Tracy than you will at both independent and chain shops? At Tracy Motors, all their work is performed by factory-trained ASC technicians, and both the parts and the work come with a warranty that your local Joe Tech can't come close to matching. It's less money, higher quality, and easier to service at Tracy. Hi, I'm Jeff Tracy. Make your appointment now at tracymotors.com. And remember, you won't beat a Tracy deal. No one wants to be left out in the cold. With AAA, you won't be. Their experienced technicians will be there fast to help with your dead battery, unexpected breakdown, frozen locks, or any car issue that comes with winter weather. They're trained to fix most problems on the spot, often without the need for a tow. And you're covered in any car you're driving or riding in, 24-7. Join AAA today at aaa.com join. Talk radio with a South Shore point of view. Hi, I'm Kevin Chachi. Join me tomorrow for Monday Night Talk, where the South Shore comes to talk. Tomorrow night, after the 6 o'clock news, here on 95.9 WAPD. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor, on 95.9 WATD. Now, back to the car doctor. 
And welcome back to the Car Doctor program. I think I've sufficiently cleared my throat, and and I apologize if uh, if all of a sudden I have to like duck off for a minute and clear my throat. But uh, I don't know. Came came down with something almost a little bit more than a week ago, and I'm having trouble shaking whatever kind of cold it is. Uh, but it it is just a cold, and it is sort of um, I guess it's the times we live in. I started feeling kind of bad, and the first thing I did was. You know, instead of going for the Tylenol, I went for the COVID test just to make sure that I didn't have COVID because it seems like everybody's getting it. So uh, try to try to avoid that. Uh, why don't we talk to Ralph and Marshfield? Ralph, good morning. Welcome back. Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking the call. Um, I have a uh, 2016 Dodge Grand Caravan. Okay. And it's got 133000 on it. And um, it, I'm starting to hear a ticking sound um, in the in the engine. Like, you know, well, I'll start the car up in the morning with the remote uh, if it's too cold. And when I get mm-hmm. out, I walk by the car and I can hear this real loud ticking sound, but it's not all the time. Mm. Um, can you write any idea what that could be? Um, it could be... It could be uh sometimes referred to as a as a uh, Chrysler tick uh, these these engines the 3.6 liter engines can have um, some wear that happens inside the engine and um, it's it's a it's a camshaft lifter issue that can cause some of the cause some of the noise and um, you know it's it's um, you know, it requires a little bit of a little bit of disassembly to 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 fix it. I mean, it's um, we've seen this we've seen this in in both some of the V8 engines and some of the sixes, um, and it, they can they can make some noise. So um, you know, it kind of kind of goes. You know, uh, that engine uh, that engine's a, a pretty a pretty widely used engine in a lot of vehicles. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, as far as taking care of the issue, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a it's a tricky one, and it won't get it won't get any better by itself, certainly. Uh, but it yeah. is something that uh, you know is pretty common, and eventually, you know, the cams the cams start to wear out, and what's happening? It's actually clearance because the the cams and uh and the and the lifters are are part of the problem so um uh-huh. yeah so um, any any clue any idea price wise or something that would cost to have this repaired or should i just uh start thinking about unloading it um you know you're probably looking at you're probably looking at uh, a full day's labor to take care of the issues so um yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know what I, you know. To be honest with you, I don't know what happens when you kind of let this go for a really long time, and and does it, you know, does it eventually, you know, does it eventually get to the point where it causes a little bit of an engine misfire? It might, um, yeah. you know. It's, um, uh, yeah. I, I, on the other hand, I guess I've seen seen these last a really long time too so i mean you you have you know you have uh um you know you have 160,000 miles on it i mean to fix what's wrong you're probably looking at i would say it's got to be a day's labor plus 
replacing the affected valve lifters and providing the camshaft hasn't gotten anywhere. So, you know, you're, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're probably looking at, you know, $2,000. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, yeah. thanks a lot for, All the, right. uh, for the assistance. Appreciate it. You know, the, the other thing, of course, I would do is just, you know, have somebody really get a look in there and take, you know, I'm kind of going by historically. In fact, I just answered a question similar to this, basically the same engine in a Jeep, and a person had very similar very similar issues, and... Yeah. Uh, you know, you know exactly the same problem. So um, I kind of lean lean towards you know what I think could be the problem, but you never know. Yeah. It could be something as weird as you know you have a a rock around that's worn or something. It could be a could be an easy fix. So I think I'd try to yeah. you know have have somebody actually get in there and look at it and see you know see if they can narrow down where it's coming from. And as you pointed out, the best way to do it would be to um, bring it to a shop, leave it overnight, and let them start it up cold so they know what it is. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. All right. Appreciate all right. All right. Good enough. Take care. Bye bye. Our phone number again: seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred. Let's talk to uh, Mike and Hingham. Michael. Hey, have you tried a pint of Guinness yet for your problem? I I tried a pint of Guinness for uh, St. Patrick's Day. My wife made corned beef and cabbage, so it's my it's my annual uh, run to the liquor store and get uh, the four pack of Guinness in a can, which I'm which always which always amazes me that you know you, it's got that little ball of nitrogen or whatever is inside of it that spins around and gets it foamy. So yeah, I've never had that. I mean, although I always like canned when I drank, I always like canned beer better than regular beer. But uh, bottled beer, I should say. Oh. Uh, but on to my question. Uh, can you tell me, any? I've never heard anything good about a CVT transmission, other than I think they're mandatory on some uh, electric, uh, hy- hybrid uh, electric cars, I should say. Uh, what's your thought? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of, you know, CVT transmissions, you know, go back to the earliest Subarus. Uh, Subaru, when they had that little... Th- thing called the Subaru Justy, which was a three-cylinder Subaru. It had the first CVT that I remember. A CVT transmission is essentially the same type of transmission that's used in a snowmobile. It's kind of two opposing cones that are different sizes, you know, and they kind of, the yeah, you know, fat in. Yeah, yeah. And so they're sort of, in the most basic example, that's sort of how they work. And they are... Um, they are either absolutely perfect or the most problematic transmission in the world. I've talked to people with Nissans, and just about every Nissan vehicle and a lot of Infinities use a CVT transmission. My big issue with them is, in a lot of vehicles, they just don't, they feel like they hang up, you know, when they don't have a gear, but they feel like they hang up in gear because the thought is that you want them, the engine always running at a certain RPM, and that's yep. going to be the cleanest emissions rpm it's going to run at and when you go to accelerate they kind of fall down a little bit because they're not moving the 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 um the gear range quite fast enough so they don't feel quite right um you talk to you know i talked to mechanics at nissan dealers they're like oh i'd never own one of these things because they're so bad and i'm like how bad are they they're like well they're either really bad or they last 150,000 miles uh, or more without any problems. You know, I was I just answered a question um, in the Providence Journal 
about somebody that had a CVT transmission and they didn't do the regular service at 60,000 and they were wondering whether they should do it at 120,000 where they are now and they said they've had absolutely <laughs> they've had, yeah they've had absolutely no problem with it so yep. it is it is kind of interesting on kind of where they are I'm not I'm not a huge fan because I just don't like the way they feel um, but they are you know you see them in a lot of vehicles like you pointed out you see them in a in a lot of uh uh, hybrids, uh, but then you also see some that are that are um, that like Ford. Ford is an example with the CVTs in a lot of their cars, uh, and of course they've done away with cars now. But they they only lasted for a couple of years. They went back to conventional transmissions afterwards because they had so many problems with them. What do you think the cost differential is? Like an eight-speed and a CVT, it's got to be cheaper, uh, right? The bill. It has to be, but the replacement cost seems to be more expensive. So, go figure. But it has to be cheaper to build. I mean, in theory, it has less parts in it. It shouldn't wear out as fast. The less parts mean less cost. But I'm, I'm, you know, give me gears. I want, I, I want gears of some kind. But. You know, maybe I'm maybe I'm old fashioned, but I think you know, like uh, uh, you know, like our previous caller said, you know, CVT transmission in his car, you know, there's yeah. all kinds of class action suits against it now. So, yeah, I mean, I, that's what prompted my call to you. As I just yep. never heard anybody saying good about it. Well, listen, thank you very much for answering right. the answer. I appreciate all right. it. And, another Guinness and, might work, by the way. Another, I'll give it a try. Okay. Bye. All right. All right. Thanks, Mike. Bye, bye. Uh, there was a, you know, the the uh, the April issue of Consumer Reports is uh, is almost out. I guess it'll be out momentarily, and uh, we ought to get somebody from Consumer Reports because it's always a fun time to talk with them about what's going on. But they have uh, an article that says, "Just say no to these dealership extras." Uh, you may think uh, your hard work is done when you've negotiated a good price on your new car, but before you leave, you'll have to sign paperwork, dealerships, finance, and insurance department office, and things can get a little tricky. In addition to discussing payment terms, the F&I rep may push various add-ons, such as warranties. And um, They listed one, two, three, four, five, six different things, VIN etching, engraving your car's vehicle identification number into your windows to deter theft and assist in vehicle recovery if stolen dealers may even say they are required by law to offer that. Um, They may be true, but they're not required for you to take it or pay for it. How much it costs between two and $300 based on uh, Consumer Reports experience. It's interesting. Some insurance companies actually will do it for free for you. Uh, why you should say no, it's unnecessary. All new cars have VIN numbers stamped in multiple places, including under um, the hood and inside the door jams. Rust-proofing and more protective coatings that are sold as a way to maintain paint luster and prevent underbody rust. The only one I really like is wax oil, uh, only because historically it has worked out really well. Uh, if you're going to keep your car for 50 years, good product. If you're going to keep it for 5 or 10 years, maybe not so much. The frame, exterior, paint, and interior fabrics in new cars are designed to last a decade or longer. So their article agrees with me. So extra protection really isn't necessary. Periodic cleaning is all you need. Paint protection. Yeah, if you're going to do ceramic coating, it looks beautiful. It's expensive. It lasts a long time. But rather than roll it into the dealer type thing, go to a professional where they can have it done, where you have it done and it's done right. Uh, total extended warranty coverage, insurance coverage, um, 
defects that should arise if the car is no longer covered by warranty. The price, the the issue I have, and let's see what it says here. It says prices vary widely, but on high end, uh, they can easily add two thousand dollars or more to the price. And if you and if you finance that charge, it'll cost you even more because the interest you'll pay. Most new cars already come with factory back protection, which is usually several years and tens of thousands of miles. A lot of times, what happens these other warranties are done in conjunction with the factory warranty, so you're paying Paying for two warranties through the warranty period. If your car is a little bit of a lemon and you decide to keep it, buy the warranty after your your warranty expires. Wheel and tire warranty says here most most cars don't have expensive low profile tires. I don't always agree with that because um, I think a lot of them do today. I just answered a question with somebody with a Kia that has 40 series tires in the car and they've damaged the tires a couple times. Wheel and tire coverage you can find, you know, at a dealership could be $700 or more. Actually at, you know, a little like self uh, a plug for AAA, you can buy wheel, tire, key fob insurance and Paintless dent removal insurance for most cars for about six hundred bucks. So if you're looking at doing it through the dealer for um, you know seven, eight, nine hundred dollars, we can provide more for less. Nitrogen filled tires. I think you anybody who knows me knows my theory on nitrogen. Uh, nitrogen is uh, it's in the air we breathe. Why pay for it if you have to buy it that way? Pinstriping other stuff. Say no. Say no. Just say no. Right, Jesse. Just say no. That's what I do. All right. There you go. Uh, well, that music means it's time for us to go. I want to thank our guests from uh, U.S. News and World. Go check out their website and all their automotive stuff. Until next time, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car, and if you see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road, slow down or move over. It saves lives. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.